Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, it's time for another Mock Draft Monday. Gino and I will go through another seven-round Eagles Mock Draft, but this time with the angle of what we think the Eagles would actually do, not what we would do, what the front office would do in a few months. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles. Your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. This Monday edition of LOE is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts, and Mondays is where Locked On Eagles starts with Mock Draft Monday. We're going to go through another seven round mock draft on the show today. Louis DiBiase joined, as always, by my co-host, Gino Camilleri. Gino, what's up, man? Another Monday, another mock draft. We've got the Combine coming up soon. For agency, it's uh, right around the corner, and who knows, man, a trade could happen at any moment, too. We'll see about the whole Combine thing. There's a, a big mm-hmm. question right now if players are going to pull out due to the bubble idea where they're going to be in there without their agents. And if you're at any of these all-star games, you know how important it is. You see the agents on the field. I know you did, Lou, at the senior bowl at CGS. I'm right there. They're talking to these scouts. They're trying to get their players out there and get the recognition. So that's why there's a big, I would say, pushback on it, which makes me believe that this whole pro day circuit, which you and I are very fond of last year, we had a bunch of interviews that we were able to do, and I'm sure we'll be able to do that again this year that's going to be even more important to get that verified data for these teams so it might be a little bit with this combine before we see a lot of these answers being these questions being answered rather when it comes to athleticism of these players what their measurements are going to be because there are teams that are still very hard-headed in their ways and if a guy doesn't measure six foot one at corner they're not going to draft him for example or if they're a running back that doesn't have the the speed or quickness they're not going to go and draft him so with the questions of the combine it is important to tap into these other forms of data the pro days some gps mileage that you could find online for these guys and the eagles we know they put a big importance on analytics and looking at these advanced statistics for their guys. You look at a lot of their draft picks, they're very similar when it comes to speed, size, quickness. You look at the highest 10-yard split times in the NFL. The Eagles have Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox who tested in the top 10 of all defensive tackles. So there are some metrics that teams really like to hone in on. Mm -hmm. And I know I got a little long-winded on it, but it is a very big, important step to the process. Daniel Jeremiah Jeremiah on the Senior Bowl day said that it's the second pillar of the three pillars of the offseason, and that third being pro days. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens here. But we know for the Eagles, there's a lot going on with the odds of Russell Wilson now down to five to one from forty to one on uh, BetOnline.net. So stay tuned, folks. Things could be really rapid and quick here on Locked On Eagles. And what other place can you get it five days a week? So for people that don't know what Gino's talking about, yesterday a report did come out that a lot of players from the combine, their agencies. We're considering boycotting or at least strongly recommending holding out from workouts at the Combine if these bubble restrictions from COVID uh, do stay in place. And Gino, I really do understand this from the player perspective. The Combine is already a place that 
you know, for some prospects can do more harm than good. For some prospects, it does put them on the map and does wonders for their stock. I'll always point to John Ross in 2017. If he doesn't run a 4-2, he's not a top what top 10 top 15 draft pick in that draft but at the same time for a lot of guys that have good tape sometimes there's a lot of group think in the nfl and people can you know you know as you said they're stingy in their ways and if a guy measures at a certain height or you know doesn't run a certain speed that drops down their board so a player already has a lot to overcome in the combine it can be a great asset but it can also be their worst enemy so if you're already now dealing with that and now you're limited to access and the resources to help you have that good day as they do with the senior bowl and the pro day circuit, the risks heavily outweigh the rewards. So especially when you have pro days in a month, the NFL to me is far more to lose here than the players do. I think the players and the agencies have all the leverage and I would expect some, something to get done where they're more flexible um, within the coming weeks. I would say that that's really a very important talking point when it comes to the difference between getting guys to the NFL versus what the NFL really values. And we know what the NFL yeah. wants. They make it a full year calendar schedule so they can make money off of it, right? They move it to prime time. These pro days, when you go to them, they're at eight or nine in the morning when these guys are running. Usually when they have their early morning workouts, they're doing the, the combine in prime time, Lou. That takes a kid completely out of his element. He, they have to go the whole day now with these quote-unquote nutritional-based meals that they're going to build well, because out Because it becomes somehow, such a media is, spectacle, and they want yeah. like normal people are very into the combine, and they didn't used to be, and they want them to see that now. So that also doesn't really go well for the players, though. You know, I would say if I'm a player and I'm an agent, which I am not, you have to be having a law degree and pass the bar exam. So that's way out of my pay range. Yeah. But I'm saying if I have a kid, let's say, for example, you, you look at somebody who has injury concerns. I'll go right to Kayvon Thibodeau, for example, sure. out of Oregon. People question his explosiveness. Um, they question his length, right? I would much rather test at home in Eugene, Oregon, in an environment that is standard to how I prepare every single day over going to an environment where everything is going to be controlled for me. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not to the best of my advantage. If I can't get out and let's say these guys, they want to go get like cryotherapy, for example, they can't leave the bubble. And I know at CGS kids were like, Oh, do you know, do you have a cryotherapy place close? It's like they, they have to take care of their bodies. They have to take yeah. care of their nutrition. I would much rather do that in my home environment where your coaches are going to be there. It's going to be run by your college. It's not going to be run by the NFL outside of the scouts that are doing the testing. But to me, Lou, I wouldn't be shocked if there is a large majority of things do not change yeah. that opt out of this circuit. And there's players opting out of complete seasons now with COVID. They're opting out of these bowl games. Some of them opt out of even the all-star circuit. So the combine really is that next evolution and to say, hey, am I outweighing the risk versus reward? Like you had said, I thought that's a great point. To me yeah. as a player, it's much more riskier. You go there, you pull a hamstring that screws over your whole pro day outlook. Yeah. And it could really mess things up. Testing on that turf if you're a – a team that plays on grass, that is a huge difference. And to the NFL, they're saying, oh, we just want the money. But to the players, they're saying, yeah, we want the bag too, but we're not going to put our livelihoods at risk to help the NFL, a billion-dollar corporation, yeah. just right. secure the bag. Yeah, again, the NFL is more to lose here. I would expect that something gets done. Definitely keep an eye out for that. We'll keep you updated right here on Lockdown Eagles because the combine is uh, definitely a spectacle more and more. I mean, the Senior Bowl, 
draft season is for everybody now, unlike it used to be for sure. Mm -hmm. So I think the players know that. And I think they definitely uh, have understandable leverage. It's not like they're in the wrong here in any way, for sure. Let's get into some more prospect talk coming up next. It's mock draft Monday. Gino and I are going to get into another seven round Eagles mock draft as we do every Monday. Today's twist, though, the angle on the mock draft is okay. When the situation plays out, the board falls the way we think at 15, 16, and 19. If we're Howie Roseman, what do we think he would do? Because a lot of time with these mock drafts, our offseason simulation, you know, we do it with an Eagles backbone, what we think they do philosophically, what their needs are. But I want to actually like dig into here's the situation. What do we think the Eagles would do, even if we disagree with it? So that's going to come up next right here on Locked on Eagles. Well, if you want to have it your way each time and do what you prefer rather than the Philadelphia Eagles in the draft, which at times can be very head-scratching, hey, do yourself a favor, grab a Built Bar. Because the good thing about it is you could go to their website today, Built.com, pick out any of their flavors that they have, and they're all nutritious, delicious, and are incredibly healthy. 130 grams of calories in each of them. I think they're measured in what calories are measured in calories? I'm wrong guy to ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, my fiance is the nurse practitioner. I'm I'm the numbers guy. Four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and you can get 15% off your order by using that promo code Locked15. And look, if you're somebody who loves candy and you want to get away from the cravings, Built Bar is a great way to do it. That is me. I'm speaking directly to myself. They have mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and they have white chocolate cookies and cream to try this month exclusively at Built.com. I was watching the Daytona 500 yesterday. Didn't even realize that Built.com sponsors one of the drivers on the Xfinity series. So Built.com, it's coming up big. Their Built Bars are the best on the market. Their puffs are one-of-a-kind flavors that have marshmallow inside of them. It really is the best-tasting bar you will get on the market, and it tastes like candy to somebody who has a sweet tooth. So go to Built.com today, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order and enjoy a delicious Built Bar. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back in to Locked On Eagles. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday, as we always do. Myself, Louis DiBiase, and Gino Camilleri. Every Monday is Mock Draft Monday during the offseason. So here comes another seven-round mock draft for you. The Eagles have plenty of draft picks right now, still three in the first round, a second-round pick, a third-round pick. Uh, Gino, as we teased at the end of segment one, today's angle is going to be predictive, if this situation does come up, what do we think Howie Roseman in the front office would do? Even if we do disagree philosophically or there's other players on the board that we like, we're going to try to look through this mock draft through the lens of the Eagles and the organization themselves. So uh, do you think that it's going to, you know, extremely change based on our other mock drafts? Like, how do you think, you know, do you think it's going to differ severely? I would say we have to take a look at the idea of trading picks in this scenario because it's Howie Roseman, something that he always loves to do. We've heard the talk that he might want to trade out and get a pick in 2023 in that first mm -hmm. round. So if a team's looking to come down and strike for a quarterback, if you get your two guys at 15 and 16 and you don't have another player that has first round value, you might want to move out of pick 19, accumulate another pick for next year, and maybe move forward with picking at 27, 28, or maybe even in the early round too. 
Yeah, so Gino, you have pick 15 today and pick 19, and then I'll pick 16th and 51 in round two. Now let's take a, bo- a look at how the board went so far um, as the, we are on the clock here at pick 15. Um, you know, I think a lot of the status quo, Kyle Hamilton falls to four. Um, definitely the Eagles aren't going to make that significant of a trade-up unless you know it was for a quarterback. Uh, your boy Kayvon Thibodeau falls to seven to the New York Giants. Um, I, I think the Eagles in that scenario, scenario can move up. Yeah. Uh, Malik Willis goes at nine to the Denver Broncos. Uh, Ahmad Gardner, the corner from Cincinnati, goes to the Jets. Traylon Burks. So there's a few players that could be on the Eagles board here. Gardner, Burks, Kenny Pickett. No, excuse me, not Kenny Pickett. Andrew Booth, the uh, Clemson corner, goes at 14 to the Ravens. So you're taking a look at the board here. Uh, who do you like from, again, a predictive perspective? I take a look at our discussion that we had last week, and for those people who didn't tune in, we said that 2019, they really went for traits, right? Or tw- yeah. 2019, they went for production over traits. Yes, 2020. 2020, they went for traits over production. 2021, they kind of found that middle. And I'm looking at a player who we haven't selected yet, but really fits that ideology, and that's edge rusher David Ajabo. And the thing about Ajabo is he had fantastic production in his senior year. Only for one year, though, and that kind of steers teams away from prospects if they only if they don't really like that one year wonder type of player. Sure. But Ojabo, you and I talk about production versus floor and ceiling, right? His production was high, but he also has a very high ceiling. And if I'm taking a pick in the top fifteen, it's yeah. going to be for a guy like that. And we look back a couple of years ago taking Derek Barnett at fourteen versus taking David Ojabo at fifteen. I think I take Ajabo in that realm 10 times out of 10 because if I'm taking a round one player, I really want somebody who has that upside. He does have bust potential for sure, but I really think of how they develop Josh Sweat and what they want at that rusher position. He could be a guy that's a stand-up guy. He could develop into a hand-in-the-dirt rusher if he can put some more mass on his lower half where he can anchor at the point of attack. But to me... You take that pass rush upside with Ajabo's athletic ceiling, and that's a match made in heaven for what the Eagles really are looking for, edge rusher. Yeah, I agree. And I think, too, Gino, uh, the thing with Ajabo, he's not going to have to come in right away and be an every-down pass rusher, right, on the Mm -hmm. defensive end spot because you have Josh Sweat, you have Brandon Graham coming back from that torn Achilles. Um, So the Eagles have not shied away, although they took Derek Barnett. And I know it was a fourth-round pick, but Josh Sweat was a player that, you know, had a lot of upside, but the floor was low, too, for different reasons. Um, Before I go, are you concerned at all? I've heard this brought up a few times because of where he played and the guy opposite him, Aiden Hutchinson, who I believe was the first overall pick in this mock draft, second Second. overall. Are you somebody that's concerned that maybe his production came from being on the other end of Hutchinson? Or like, how do you view that? I think you have to look at every prospect on the tape for what they do, right? And he's a guy that wins assignments. He's a guy that can be more athletic than an offensive tackle in the NFL, right? Because those guys are incredible athletes in their own right. So you look at a guy coming out of Michigan, a school that they really like, a guy who plays with that upside and motor, which they love at the edge rushing position, plus the traits, plus his production in his final year. To have any duo have near 30 sacks on a season, 
Yeah, yeah, you have to have one elite pass rusher, but you have to have somebody else who could come and clean well, up. You got to win your battles, right? I mean, he, Hutchinson does, wasn't on the same does. side as Ajabo, and a lot of the time, no. Hutchinson was on the right side. I remember watching that Ohio State game. Ajabo was doing work on the left side, sometimes against the better mm -hmm. offensive lineman in the left tackle. So, yeah, I think he's got a low floor, but again, me and you are upside guys, and I think the Eagles over the last mm -hmm. few years have been more prone to take this kind of player. And at 15, sure. it's just good value. I think most mock Absolutely. drafts, he has not fallen to us here. So I like that mm. pick for sure. Uh, Gino, at, at 16 overall here, there's a couple picks that I think they would lean towards. I think, you know, Tyler Linderbaum, the Iowa interior offensive lineman is somebody they would consider, especially with this probably being the last go round with Jason Kelsey in 2022. Um, another thing though, I think they could do, this is my top wide receiver so far on my big board and somebody I think would fit really well with Devonte Smith and Quez Watkins, the ability to play inside and out elite route running. I think it's Garrett Wilson from Ohio state. And, you know, I, I think with the Eagles, maybe they go free agency, but if you're not going to cash in and I don't know if they're going to want to throw a giant contract at Chris Godwin or Mike Williams, who was projected yesterday, the, they were talking about somebody from over the cap was talking about how, they think just because you get top dollar wide receiver twos a lot of the time get wide receiver one money on the open market, he's going to price out. Allen Robinson, mm -hmm. to me, even too, is still going to. You know, you could land DJ Chark or try to get a Christian Kirk, but the Eagles might still have to address receiver through the draft. They bank on Nick Sirianni's development of Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith and that track record. I think Garrett Wilson would be the perfect fit in – you know, I know everybody would say, well, they already took J-Jaw and they took Rager and they took Devontae. Like they're taking a lot of receivers high, but they've done that over and over again. So they've invested in it. I think they would heavily consider this based on value too. They got the edge rusher they want. You could consider Linderbaum, but, you know, Dickerson, Sayamalu, Driscoll, Herbig, they have depth. I think they would want to complete that trio and give Jalen Hurts every opportunity this year because there's no excuses with Smith, Wilson, and Watkins and Goddard. Like that is a great young, you know, four-way skill position set. We always have to think back to who the general manager is, a guy mm -hmm. who loves offense, right? Mm -hmm. I, I put out a tweet the other day uh, from Competition Factor, and it's a new tool, and I, I know of the founder of it through CGS. He's a partner of ours. But what it does is it matches up production in college to how these guys produced in the pros. The yep. number one wide receiver in the last two seasons via his production was Devontae Smith. You want to know who number two and three were? Was it Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Those Ohio State, Ohio receivers, State receivers, They're great, yeah. So if you look at a guy who charts very well in terms of how his production matches up to getting production at the next level, yeah. it's going to be hard to pass up that idea, right, Lou? Especially mm -hmm. for Howie Roseman, who's saying, if we're not going to get that QB this year, we got to put weapons around them to help them out. Because right. if you go into that next season, right, and you're priced out of Mike Williams, priced out of Allen Robinson, maybe you get like a mid-tier type of player, you're still going to want somebody who can be another 1A, 1B type of And they guy. don't have That's, to be the big receiver, Gino. No, like, I just want all. production here, and Wilson mm -hmm. is the most productive receiver of any of these guys. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Look yeah. at the Buffalo Bills. Right. They're wide receivers. 
aren't the biggest in the world. The San Francisco 49ers, you know, I think they, mm -hmm. there's some teams that like to build that basketball team and there's other teams that just like interchangeable pieces. And I think the Eagles could take that route if the better player is there. So yeah, some great points mm -hmm. there in Garrett Wilson. Uh, Gino, you're up on the clock again here at 19. We've got a receiver, an edge rusher, two players we haven't taken yet. So I like the way it's going. Uh, how you feeling here at 19? What are you looking at? I think we're going to stick on that route and make it a third. And we talk about optionality and versatility being the two things that Howie Roseman likes. Mm -hmm. And I look on the interior of the offensive line, and mm -hmm. you look at Linderbaum, and yes, we could project him to play guard, right? But he's a he's a pure center. Yeah. Kenyon Green can play either center. He could play guard. He's nasty in the run game. He's very good in pass protection as well. And I just look at the type of guy they like on the interior – you just lost Brandon Brooks. Kenyon Green is a guy who plays to a very similar skill set. Like they're going to be nasty in that power run scheme. They're going to be quick to get outside in those outside zones that they like to run. I'm going with Kenyon Green simply because the versatility, yep. his overall ability. He's a top. He's a first round pick any day of the well, week. Can we agree? Linderbaum probably isn't there. Like. In, in a predictive draft, like I would imagine he's probably not available at 19 and Kenyon green would probably, probably be the best offensive lineman on the board. I, I would say so Lou, because I really think either one, a team that is lacking that center that has a young quarterback, maybe a team like the jets, like maybe they move back a couple spots. They could use a center there in New York to help Zach Wilson out. They could go and get a guy like Tyler Linderbaum. If a team that has a, a veteran team, that also needs the help up front. Maybe they trade up to get a center at that position that could really help yeah. out their run down the stretch there. And I think Kenyon Green might just slip a little because a team like the Eagles with their third pick kind mm -hmm. of are getting more value than another team picking him because he's the third selection. We already yeah. got our edge rusher. We got another weapon on offense. And day two is full of guys in the defensive secondary and linebacker that you and I – really, really do like in this class. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way that the NFL is going to see it. You have to get premier offensive line help. You have to get premier playmaking help and you have to get premier help at the edge. And I think we did all three of those. And I think the Eagles are going to look to do exactly that. I love the way the board fell here in the second round at 51 overall. There's two players I really like in the secondary that the Eagles take would em. consider. I think you know who I'm going to take, but it's between mm -hmm. two players, Tariq Wollin, the cornerback of UTSA, and Jalen Petrie, the safety of Baylor. In a predictive mock draft here, what I think the Eagles would do, they prioritize corner over safety. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to invest some money in a free agent safety, even if it's not Marcus Williams. Quandre Diggs is a name that people throw mm -hmm. out there a lot. You know, there are some good free agent safeties. I think they're going to bring back Rodney McLeod for another year. Tariq Woolen is a player that, as your third corner with Maddox and Slay, and maybe he doesn't even have to play right away. Maybe you bring back Steven Nelson. I just want those traits. Like talk about betting on traits. Yeah. I stood next to this guy on the sidelines at the senior bowl, and I've never felt like another human being was another species, <laughs> man. This dude is six five. He's got like a seven foot wingspan, a former basketball player. He moves like a receiver. He used to be a receiver. Normally guys like that are stiffer than Woolen is. And I just I want to bank on those traits and a guy that big when he gets his hands on you and press coverage is brutal. And, you know, is there a lower floor with him over maybe a Petrie who wears a lot of hats? Yeah, for sure. And I could, you could talk me into Jalen Petrie here, but uh, Gino Tariq Wollins a my guy. And I think the Eagles want a longer physical corner mm -hmm. to go opposite slay, right? With Avante Maddox in the slot. I think that's a kind of player that projects well in this defense 
and uh, more so than Jim Schwartz's defense. And I, I think Woolen would be a great fit. And uh, this is kind of a my guy pick, but also I think it makes sense for where Howie Roseman would be looking. It's a damn near perfect fit in my opinion yeah. because I look at. I think what we're John- killing it with this mock, you know. I, I do. I look at what Jonathan Gannon had in Indianapolis his last yeah. year. He had Xavier Rhodes, big, tough, physical corner, has length. And opposite him, they drafted Rocky Sin a couple years before that, who's the exact same type of player. And Woolen, he will make tackles out on an island. You said he is an athlete through and through. Clock the fastest uh, miles per hour max at uh, at the senior bowl. 22.68 miles an hour, almost running through. 23 miles an hour. We're going to avenge Zool. This is, this is to yes. right the wrong of Razul Douglas, Gino. He's not going to be running a four <laughs> six eight forty. that's for sure. No. And I look at the profile of what they would want at that corner number two. I look at who they drafted last year, Zach McPherson, longer type of guy, taller yep. guy, can make tackles on the outside. Woolen is just an upgraded version of that, in my opinion, and might be a guy that can come in and start right away because you have that luxury of having two of the top 15 best corners in football. All right, we'll get to the end of day two and the finish up of day three coming up next right here on Mock Draft Monday on Lockdown Eagles. Guys, today's podcast is sponsored by the official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's Bet Online. Look, football might be over the season, but Gino, as you mentioned early in the show, you can bet on offseason props. Right now, the Russell Wilson to Philadelphia sweepstakes, the line is moving up and up. It went from 40 to one, right? To what's the line? It was like 4,000 to it's like 16 to one now at this point. It has dramatically changed over the last it's few days. much better than that, my friend. It was at plus 4,000, it's now at yeah. plus 500. It's not good Insane. if you wanted to bet that, but it's yeah. good if you want the Eagles to get a quarterback. Sure, Vegas knows what they're talking about. So, you've got offseason props, you have basketball in full swing right now. The all star game was last night, the NBA playoff push, you've got college basketball, but not just that, you've got hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Bet online has all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to their website today, or you can use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action and put your bets down at BetOnline.net because BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into Mock Draft Monday right here on Lockdown Eagles. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Gino Camilleri, Louis DiBiase joining you on this Monday edition of the show. All right, Gino, let's recap real quick what we did in rounds one and two. Uh, A lot of different players here. We haven't had any of these guys so far. David Ajabo, the edge rusher from Michigan with our first pick. Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State with 16th overall. And then Kenyon Green, an interior offensive lineman from Texas A&M at pick 19. And then Tariq Wollin, the cornerback of UTSA at pick 51. Love the haul we had there in the first four rounds, or I should say first four picks. Gino here at 83 overall. You have the go-ahead here in the third round. What are you thinking? I'm thinking I'm looking either safety or I'm looking linebacker right now. Right, let's and take a look I at was, the safeties. Safeties went a little quicker than we had thought. Linebackers, yeah. it looked like there's a, a much better grouping here. And I'm going to go with one guy that I really do love. We've mocked him here a couple times, but really fits the mold of exactly what they want to do. Chad Muma out of Wyoming. Not going to spend too much time on him, yeah. but I believe our friends over at 4th and John talked to him down at the Senior Bowl and – 
they just mentioned how much he would fit into Philadelphia, and he agreed with that. And I, I firmly believe Logan Wilson is a player that really resembles the same exact play style as Muma, and the Eagles don't have that. If you miss out on Devin Lloyd, you miss out on Christian Harris, you miss out on the top of the draft, day two, late day two is going to be prime for that. Chad Muma, I, I, I would – if I could bet on him going to Philadelphia, I, I really believe that he's a target for them. Day two type of guy. They really look at that third round to get their linebackers, Jordan Hicks, Damian Taylor. And now you're sitting there with a need. Moom is my guy all day long. And it makes sense, predictively speaking, too. I think the Eagles are, you know, as much as we'd love Devin Lloyd in the first round or Christian Harris in the second or, you know, Nicobe Dean, I think another third round pick would make a lot of sense mm -hmm. with going with Davian Taylor next year and TJ Edwards. Uh, Chad Muma is uh, a good a good pick there at 83 overall and, and do right by not taking uh, Logan Wilson a few years back. So we're up here again in the fourth round to pick 122. So we've gotten a linebacker. We've gotten an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, an edge rusher, a cornerback. A few spots, Gino, I'm looking at. I'm thinking about running back right now with Miles Sanders' future. Let's be honest, up in the air. You know, Boston Scott's a free agent. Jordan Howard's a free agent. I'm thinking as well tight end with this really good class. I'd love to come away with a player there. Kind of upset Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin just went a few picks before us. Um, when it comes to running back, I really like Brian Robinson from Alabama. He comes with power, but, you know, I was surprised when I watched him at the Senior Bowl. He had underrated receiving ability. Like, I think his hands, it's kind of like the bizarro Josh Jacobs, where Jacobs at Alabama, all he did was catch the football. Then he went to Oakland, now Vegas, and he's never, he's used more like LeGarrette Blount. Whereas Robinson, I didn't really see him use as much there. And I was kind of surprised they were doing one-on-ones and he killed a linebacker on a wheel route. I, I feel like in the fourth round, you know, they might try to say, hey, let's take this route here. Let's pair Gainwell with another young running back. And, you know, if Miles Sanders comes back on a, on a team-friendly deal, okay, great. But let's keep our options open. So I'm going to go with Brian Robinson from Alabama. I think he's going to interview well too, a good pass protector. I think he would make sense here. And I think... You know, the Eagles would look at running back around this time, you know, day three. I put emphasis on that pass pro ability, too, yeah. because let's say Miles does leave. Like, Kenny isn't the greatest pass protector. He's getting right. better. But if you resign gonna... Boston Scott, that's not a guy you want. You yeah, know, Brian Robinson either. had to live or die by pass protection at Alabama. They're going to make sure every back there knows how to be top-notch in pass pro. He's a guy who runs well through the tackles. You said it, Lou. I think he does better in the pass game, has more to offer than what we saw on the tape at Alabama. And the guy that you and I have kind of targeted in these mocks is to fill that Jordan Howard role, which we yeah. both believe they have a need for. And Brian Robinson, he's a guy that fills that. He's going to take a bunch of hits, but he's going to make you not want to hit him the next time you come downhill Absolutely. against him. All right, Gino, you're on the clock here. I pick 153 in the fifth round. Can we go to quarterback real quick? Absolutely. All right, we're going to do it because I believe this player is going to get drafted sometime in the fourth round, early fifth yeah. round. Bailey Zappi, the all-time production leader in college, surpassed Joe Burrow, beating all his statistics at Western Kentucky, has a big arm that this team could look to develop. And we talk about if they don't get a quarterback this year, right? 
Yep. They maybe could move on from Gardner. If you move on from Gardner, you're going to need another young guy to probably develop. I believe Bailey Zappi and what he did down there in Mobile as well, what he did just to put up as many touchdowns as he did to surpass Joe Burrow's single-season record for yards, for touchdowns. A team is going to fall in love with that. He has the measurables, looks the part, talks the part, walks the part. The Eagles are in the business for taking a quarterback. Every two every years they year. take one, Gino. Every there you go, year. Lou. You know what I was going to say, and this is yeah. the year for it. We haven't done it yet, and we kind of want to stay away from the early ones unless it is yeah. Malik Willis that they could get. But I, I believe Bailey Zappi, throw out whatever his, his ranking was on the draft network. Yeah, Quarterbacks always get drafted higher. Clayton Thorson was a fifth-round pick. Bailey oh, Zappi could don't be remind a, a me. pick there all They day took long. him over Charles Amenehu and I think Darius Slayton at the mm. time still burns, but that's what they do. I mean, look, that one didn't work out, but they even if they don't take one, Gino, they invested another late day three pick in Gardner Minshew, and that got you a win mm. last year. They might be able to flip Minshew now for a higher pick, and here you try to replenish that quarterback room. So I do think that makes a lot of sense for what they would think. I pick 161 here in round five. I'm going to go with our first safety. It's not the Baylor safety I wanted with Jalen Petrie, but I couldn't pass up Tariq Woolen. So I'm going to take the next best thing in JT Woods, who uh, was down to Mobile as well as Petrie. And, it, you know, you kind of sold me on the two Baylor safeties because I love versatility at that position and being able to wear a lot of hats. And I want a guy from that Baylor defense. And Woods uh, surprised me with his speed, ball making, uh, ball skills. He had the uh, game-winning interception in the game a few weeks ago. Um, come away with a good safety here, good value in round five, and you know have him push Kavon Wallace as maybe that young depth piece with Marcus Epps as well. You go back to the talk where you said Ojabo versus Hutchinson. Like, was Ojabo getting the production because yeah. he was opposite against Hutchinson? I mean, right now, Petrie's getting all the all the fame and, and valor right at this moment, but JT Woods did as much as a guy like Petrie did on tape at yep. Baylor. And, and I'm right there with you, Lou. He He's a guy that you could plug and play right away in sub packages, come downhill. He's a, a playmaker. And you have a question opposite of Kevon Wallace, opposite of uh, yeah. Marcus Epps right now. You have to find answers, and I think they're going to dip a, a few picks into that defensive secondary. I think they maybe double dip on day three when it comes to safety, and I think they're going to walk away with at least one starting safety out of this draft class. Well, again, I mean, Wallace, I've never seen, you know, even for a fourth-round pick, the consensus was that that was a steal. And Wallace has just not been able to stay healthy for us to know if he can play or not. And we can't rely on that for the Eagles next year. And to be honest, even when he was out there, it wasn't overly impressed. So they got to get younger. Even if they were to sign a free agent, like in this scenario, we're banking on, they got to add more pieces too. Cause even if McLeod comes back, I'd imagine it's only for a year. Uh, Gino, you're up on the clock again here at 165 in round five. I think we're going to start talking about double dip territory here. Yeah. Um, let's look at edge rusher. Yep. I, I, I believe there should be a ton of talents on Oops. the right side there. You missed yes, it. Yes, thank you. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I mean, still a, a decent amount of talent. I, I look at guys like, I mean, Myron Tagovailoa. He he played very well at, at Notre Dame last year. Cade Hall out of San Jose State, the same thing. I kind of see the value of these guys being those late day three picks, but are you going to bet on traits again when you already got a guy earlier you got Teron Jackson last year. I think they might take a look at tight end or wide receiver late day three here as well. Lou, go to tight end for me. Yeah, I just absolutely. wanted to take a look at edge there. 
So you got guys like Jelani Woods, who was at the Shrine Bowl, Charlie Collaire, who had an excellent showing down in Mobile as well. I th- I think we're going to go with Charlie Collaire. I think we're going to go with the Ohio State kid or Iowa State kid. He, I think he's ranked lower on this board than I think other people have him. A very athletic type of guy, fits the exact mold of Dallas Goddard. Six foot six, long arms, athleticism galore. You don't look at Iowa State tight ends and say they're anything great like much Big Ten tight ends are. But you have to look at what they do. They can block. They have to be able to get out into the flat, get downfield in the seam. I I think Charlie Kohler would be drafted a lot higher in another draft, let's say. Yeah, and I'm glad we came away with the tight end, even if it is later. I think this is a really awesome class, and I think they need to add some depth behind Dallas Goddard, and it would be good to have another young piece in there with Jackson and Stoll to, you know, kind of see who, you know, supplants themselves as that tight end two potentially next year on the clock here at 192 in round six so we went with the tight end last round I'm thinking of going back to edge rusher because as you said I do feel like they'll want to double dip you know replenish that you know edge rush class or I should say room you know considering Kerrigan's going to be gone this year Derek Barnett's going to be gone Brandon Graham might only have one more year. Um, so between, you know, Tugavoyalola, Michael Clemens, I like Jeremiah Moon too from Florida. I think he's ranked maybe a little lower here. Uh, Christopher Allen, even from Alabama. I'm going to go with Tugavoyalola though, Gina and uh, Gino, excuse me with these names. Um, and uh, I'm definitely going to keep replenishing that room. The Eagles love to be deep on the edge and add some more competition there. I think it's one of those things that you're going to see. They're going to double dip at one position. Edge mm-hmm. makes a ton of sense. I think Myron Tyabaloa did a lot of stuff at Notre Dame in their very, I, I would say, chess-based defensive line. Those guys move around a ton. Yeah, it's, just look at Jerry Tillery a few years back. I mean, absolutely. Wore a lot of hats, yeah. Very similar to what those guys down in Michigan do as well. I mean, they're going to be all over that defensive line. They're going to be moving around a ton. And I think you get good value there as well, getting a guy who played a ton of football late in this draft. All right, Gino, you get the last pick here at pick 204 in round six. What are you thinking? All right, I'm going to go safety here, go to the board, and we might have to scroll a little bit, but we're going to find a guy that – why he's Jerome McKinley the third is going to be drafted. I saw Daniel Jeremiah had him as his, his fourth overall safety. I'm surprised he's this low. I mean, that would be uh oh, Smoke Monday again, man. Smoke what Monday is going to be the draft pick because I believe he is a guy who he wasn't in any of the all star games. Maybe he doesn't test the greatest, but at Auburn, you see what he can do coming downhill, filling gaps. He is going to make you pay if you pass that ball over the middle. Smoke Monday, great name, played high quality. And Bubba Bolden below him. Look at these names and say I know it is a great name class. That is for sure. We sh- we should do that. We should have is an Storm all Duck name this year, or is it next year? No, Storm Duck is next year. Uh, all time great boss. So is Kool Aid. Uh, yeah, man. Yes, yes Kool Aid is. In no, the we'll draft. do that. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, we'll do the best names. We'll do a ranking of the best names for the draft. Heck yeah, but go with Smoke Monday. I get my cool. safety. I-, I think he's a guy too that. When it's all said and done, could get drafted a little higher. I know these boards on media websites aren't yeah. exactly what the NFL might Take show. Take them with a grain of salt, for sure. But Smoke Monday is a guy that, if you look at traits that the Eagles do like, plays a very similar game to Kevon Wallace. I mean, he's going to be a guy that isn't going to patrol the back end, but hey, you get JT Woods a few rounders earlier. You can put him in there. They do need bodies there, though, Lou. And I think we came a lot of, away with a lot of guys that fit yeah what Philadelphia likes to do. 
I love the class that we came away with. This might actually be my favorite mock draft we've done so far. At pick 15 overall, we took David Ajabo, the edge rusher from Michigan. Wide receiver Garrett Wilson from Ohio State right after that. Interior offensive lineman from Texas A&M, Kenyon Green at pick 19 overall. Got a my guy there in the second round with Tariq Wool in the corner of UTSA. Gino got his my guy that, and again, it's very realistic for the Eagles. Chad Muma, the linebacker from Wyoming in the third round. And then to recap what we did on day three, Brian Robinson, the running back from Alabama, Bailey Zapp from uh, Western Kentucky, the quarterback, JT Woods, the safety from Baylor. Then we got a tight end uh, in round five, Charlie Kohler uh, from Iowa State. Then Myron Tugoviola Amosa, the edge rusher from Notre Dame. And then we finish it off with Mr. Irrelevant being the coolest name of the class, Smoke Monday, the safety from Auburn. So yeah, Gino, overall, I think we hit a lot of great positions that the Eagles need, both short-term and long-term. I think philosophically, this really lines up. They, you know, taking... With two of their first three picks, linemen makes a lot of sense. They've invested receivers more than anything else outside of linemen early in the draft lately. Uh, come away with a corner and uh, linebacker and some safeties later on. I think it makes a lot of sense, and uh, I think our listeners are going to like that one for sure. And I, I think when you do these mock drafts, yeah. regardless of what team you like, just focus on what the teams have done in the past. And I have a oh, running yeah. – Excel spreadsheet of like the average round that they've taken all of these players. And I think it hits very close to what we did here. Linebacker, they're taken in that midday two, early day three territory. Same with cornerback. They haven't taken a first round cornerback in years, right, Lou? Like it's going to be quite some time yeah. if they miss out on the top again. But you get a guy in Woolen, you get a guy in Muma, guys that fit into the philosophy of what they want to do, the value of where they pick these guys. And overall, what Howie Roseman likes. I think picking two linemen with two of those first-round picks yeah. could be a very real possibility for this Eagles team. The fans might not love it, but look at what got them to the Super Bowl and look at what has kept them in playoff contention for four mm -hmm. of the last five years. And they have enough draft picks to do line. both where they can get the meat and potatoes and then we can have our fun dessert as well and enjoy mm -hmm. some Garrett Wilson tape, Tariq Wolin. There's room for both if they, you know, they keep all these picks. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Eagles. It's been Mock Draft Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day. Monday through Friday, you can find all five episodes a week on any podcast platform as well as on Twitter. And then we're on, uh, or I should say YouTube, and we're on Twitter as well at Lockdown Birds, at DiBiase, LOE, and at GC24 underscore football. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening and watching. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.